Hello, I am Pastor Nicholas Wright of Covenant Love Christian Center. I invite you to join me now in the Word with Pastor Nick. So if you would this morning, let's find two scriptures to begin with. First uh, John chapter three and also John chapter 10. Hallelujah. 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 Question we want to ask ourselves this morning and that we want to give the scripture place to answer is why did Jesus come? There are a number of things the scriptures say about why he came. Most of the things that we'll look at this morning are things that he said out of his own mouth as to why he came. So I think if it's written in red, it should be pretty easy for us to figure out why he came. Amen. First John chapter three, verses seven and eight. First of all, this is from the Apostle John, who is called a beloved disciple. Verses 7 and 8, chapter 3. Little children, let no man deceive you. So we should say, no man will deceive me. No man will deceive me. Let no man deceive you. He that does righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He that commits sin is of the devil, for the devil sins from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. So if we look at the scripture. What purpose was Jesus manifested for? I'm going to say it out loud. Out loud one more time. That's still a little bit weak. <laughs> All right. Come on. Let me, let's act like he did that. Come on. Destroy the works of the devil. All right. All right. That's a little bit better. Okay, John 10, 10. John 10, 10. Jesus said, the thief comes not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. He said, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it abundantly. So Jesus here in his out of his own mouth, he said, I've come that they might have life thinking they might have it more abundantly or until it overflows. What your amplified Bible might say. Right. <laughs> Somebody go, whoa, man. Bible. OK, so these scriptures give us some understanding of why Jesus came. Now, I want we're going to come back to those scriptures later on. But I want to take some other scriptures that Jesus spoke out of his own mouth saying why he came. All right. Now, if we see why he came, we understand what his purpose was and is. Correct. And then we understand what our purpose is in union with him. Amen. Somebody. Amen. OK, so let's go to Matthew chapter nine. Verses 10 through 13. Matthew nine. 10 through 13. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to his disciples, why does your master eat with publicans and sinners? But when Jesus heard that, he said to them, they that behold need not behold, need not a physician, but they that are sick. But go ye and learn what that means. I will have mercy and not sacrifice, 
For I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So he said specifically, I mean, I didn't come to call the righteous or really the self-righteous, those who think they're righteous. He said, but I have come to call the sinners to repentance. So that would mean that we're here to do what? Call sinners to repentance. To repent means to do what? To change your mind, change the direction that you're going in. Okay, Luke chapter 19. Luke 19, and let's begin reading from verse 1. We'll read down through verse 10. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press because he was little of stature. And he ran before and moaned and groaned and said, it's not sure it isn't fair that I'm so little. I can't get to see Jesus. <laughs> he didn't say that. Did he? <laughs> he, he says he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for today. I must abide at your house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be the guest with a man that is a sinner. Do you notice something that's real interesting? There's always somebody that's got a murmur and a complaint. It's amazing. It doesn't matter what you do, whether it's good or bad, somebody's got a, got a murmur. I wish somehow or another we could strike that from the hearts and minds of men. Always some negative thing. To say about something. It's amazing. You notice that? Maybe you noticed it with yourself. I don't know. But, but it's amazing. And it doesn't matter. There's always somebody's got something negative and murmuring to say. Anyway. Verse 8. Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I've taken anything... From any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said to him, this day is salvation come to this house. For as much as he also is a son of Abraham. For the son of man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Now notice he didn't say that he came to seek and to save those who were lost. He said, I'm come to seek and to save that which was lost. I think we should pay attention to that. And when we look at the context of the scripture in which he said that on the front end, the scriptures that we read and then the ones that are behind it. One of the things that we can see is that he came back. To restore. Righteousness and justice. And we see what Zacchaeus did after he got into the presence of Jesus, he came to his house and said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give my stuff to some of my stuff to the poor. And you know what else I'm going to do if I've taken unjustly stuff from other people? I'm going to do what? I'm going to restore. You see, so Jesus came back to restore this kind of attitude, this kind of thinking, this kind of heart in the earth. He said, I've come to seek and to save that which was lost. All right. Let's look over at Matthew chapter 10. Boy, this really is an interesting one. Matthew 10 from verse 32. 
Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father, which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father, who's in heaven. Think not that I am come to send peace on the earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. And we wouldn't think, just naturally speaking, that Jesus would be saying, I'm, I didn't come to send peace, but a sword. All right, let's figure out why he's saying that. The sword will do what? It will cut, and it will do what? It will divide. That's right. He said in verse 35, for I am come to set a man at variance against his father and the daughter against her mother and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foe shall be they of his own household. He that loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that takes not his cross and follows after me is not worthy of me. He that finds his life shall lose it, and he that loses his life for my sake shall find it. What we see Jesus actually doing is coming to bring the division to prove allegiance. It's basically what he's saying right here. So he's saying, you know, I'm going to come into every household. I got a sword. And if there are members of that household, whose minds and hearts are not towards walking with me, and there are those who are there. He said, I come to divide it. I want to know who's on my side. And, folk, I'm going to tell you, it's more important to know, for him to know who's on his side, even more important than what we would consider family, so to speak. He said, I want to know who's on my side and who will sell out to me and what I've got going on. And I know some of our households, there may be a challenge right now. Because there may be some folks that don't want to walk with God, don't want to do what God says to do. But you know what? If that happens to be in your household, you got to make up your decision that you're going to stand. Jesus said, if you save your life, you're going to lose it. And if you lose your life for my sake in the Gospels, you'll find it. And I think if we if we need to make that decision, we need to make a decision. You know what, Jesus? I'm on your side. I'm on your side no matter what anybody else in my family says. I'm on your side no matter what, what the government says or anybody else. I am on your side. Amen. Amen. All right. Why else did he come? Well, let's look at John 9, 39. And notice these are things, again, he's saying out of his own mouth. John 9, 39. Jesus said, for judgment, I am come into this world. God bless you. That they would see, not might see, and that they which see might be made blind. He said for judgment. And this word judgment is a word that means a decision. It's the function or the effect for or against a crime. And you'll, you'll have to read. I don't want to take the time to read the scriptures that are above that. But, you know, it had to do with this blind man that was healed. But basically, he's come to pass a just verdict so that those who have eyes to see can see clearly and those who refuse to see might remain blind. You remember when this blind man was healed. And this is one of the things that the scriptures, especially the Old Testament, talked to us about, about justice and judgment or righteousness. It was an unjust thing for this man to be blind with his natural eyes not to be able to see. 
And so what Jesus did in making him whole, he was saying, you know what? I'm passing a sentence here. I'm pronouncing justice to prevail in the life of this man. But he took it over into the spiritual and the mental realm and talked about the blindness of people's hearts. And he said, I am come so that if you see, you're going to see clearly. But if you think you see and you don't see right, you ain't going to see until you submit yourself to the light that I have to bring. Okay, why else did he come? John 12. John 12 and verse 46. I am come a light into the world that whosoever believes on me should not abide in darkness. So he said, I am come as a light into the world. Now, let's go back to 1 John 3. So we see Jesus came to do what? Call sinners to repentance. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. He came with a sword to divide, to prove and determine allegiance to him. He came for judgment. He came as a light to the world. And in 1 John 3, 7 and 8, we see here that he came or he was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. Now, the word destroy there in the Greek is a word. It's luo. And what it means is to loose, to dissolve, to sever or to demolish. All these are words that are out of luo. So what Jesus did when he came was he loosed, he dissolved, severed, he demolished. So now that sounds to me that whatever it is that, J that Satan had concocted and got man into, Jesus came and he undid it. Now, the word works, and this is an interesting word in the New Testament. The word works is from the Greek word ergon. And it is a noun, and it basically means employment or task. <laughs> now, what emanates or comes from Satan, or what his essence is, is death, which is separation from the Father, or separation from the source of life, fear, sickness, disease, poverty, etc. And I think right now most of us can see that fear is a great work of the enemy. It's one that he uses probably more so than any else. Um, it's the fear of death that causes man to be uh, have a snare around him. Uh, remember, in, in, in Hebrews, both Hebrews and in Romans, the Bible talks to us about fear and the bondage that it brings. Fear brings bondage. And so that's 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 one of Satan's, you know, I don't know if it's his ace of spades, ace of clubs. Ace of diamonds or ace of hearts, but it's one of his aces in the hole. And he will use fear to get accomplished what he wants. to, And he will throw that fear at men and women. And if they bite for it, it will bring them into bondage. And the greatest fear that there is, is the fear of death. And that's what Jesus came to deliver people from was the fear of death, because that fear is what kept man all their lifetime in bondage. Now, just think about this as a side thought. If we are believers and we have been delivered and have not been given the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind, it seems to me like every one of us should do everything that we can to fight against and stand against the spirit of fear trying to rule in our lives. Yeah, I got one amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. That fear is not of God. It brings bondage, and it is what he, the enemy uses to cause man to put himself on lockdown. Now, from John 9, 4... 
Jesus says something here. He said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night comes when no man can work. So the same word works. And of course, we know that God, Jesus is on the side of life and that which emanates from God or the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, is a result of what's called life or Zoe. That's what comes from God. And so the works that Jesus did were what? They were manifestations or demonstrations of God's life. Every time he healed someone, it was a manifestation of his life. When he divided the loaves and the fishes and everybody could eat, that was a manifestation of God's life. Whenever anybody was encouraged by him, that was a manifestation or a demonstration of his life. The good that was in him is what flowed out of his life. So whatever works he did, they were a result of this life. And this life from him is the divine nature in man for those who have received Jesus. It's what brings healing, health, blessing, and prosperity in every form. All right? So now, this life is something that we need to become more acquainted with and have more understanding of because this life is actually what is residing on the inside of us right now. This life that Jesus did everything that he did by is what is living on the inside of us right now. We become what? Partakers or sharers in the divine nature. So that life is inside of us. We're not going to do anything for God outside of that life. But with that life, whatever Jesus did is what is available to us to do. And as he said, even greater than he did, didn't he? All right. Now I want to look at something here. A couple of scriptures that in his ministry on the earth that were demonstrations of this life. Matthew chapter eight, verses one through three, first of all. When he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, there came a leper and worshiped him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. They know leprosy is right. That's that's pretty, pretty foul. And it's contagious. Jesus put forth his hand (laughs) and touched him. And said, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Now, (laughs) oh, Lord, you know where I'm going. And we need to go there. This life in him was so powerful that I can't even imagine him thinking, you know, if I touch him, this leprosy is going to get on me. I, I can't imagine him even thinking like that. But now I want you to check out, compare that thinking with the thinking that's going on in the church right now. With this so-called coronavirus issue. I mean, we're not even talking about praying for somebody that has the virus. 
We're talking about social distancing and not even getting close to somebody. Now, fuck, that's the reason I'm doing this kind of stuff. Because <laughs> we, 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 there's got to be some changing in our consciousness and the way that people are thinking in the church right now. There has to be. And somebody said, well, Pastor, you said that before. You said it before. I know I said it before. I said it before. I said it before. I'm going to keep on saying it. Because something's got to change in the thinking of the church. Jesus wasn't a bit worried about catching leprosy. Matter of fact, if you want to be technical about it, he probably shouldn't even been near this guy. But love was what overrode anything that would have been against that and said, you know what? I'm not even going to tell you, just go through what you're supposed to do and the law told you to do. I'm going to say, you asked me, you said, are you able to make me whole? If you touch me, I'll be made whole. He said, I'm going to just lay my hand on you. And the leprosy said, out of here. Now, this is just for thought. Just think about yourself being in that situation and somebody coming up to you today. You know what? I've been to the doctor. And I have in my hand right now on paper, I'll show to you if you want to read it. I've been diagnosed. With COVID-19. Would you pray for me? Put your hand on me because I, I, I've been watching you for a lot of years. And I know you've been going to church. And I know I've seen you come out your house carrying your Bible. I've even heard you sometimes in your car. You've been playing the word. And I didn't want to have nothing to do with you. But I got a need in my life right now. If you come, pray for me. Put your hand on me. I'll be made whole. How many of you would do it? How many of you would do it? Would you fear Corona? Would you fear the government saying six feet? Or would you do what Jesus did? Because you have life in you to give to somebody else. You don't have to answer out loud. It's a question. Think about it on the inside. I am a mouthpiece right now. And what I'm attempting to do with God's help is to help his church come back to a consciousness. Why Jesus came, why we're here. Life is inside of us. And so because of that life, there's no need to be afraid of what death has to offer. And especially, I mean, I could get up and shout in church, yeah, he destroyed the works of the devil. But then when I get out there in the world and I got to look at it face to face, what do I believe? Come on now. Most of you all in here are probably cool, you know. But this is for everybody. Everybody within the sound of this voice right now. He said, I put his hands on the leper. And I didn't read anything after that where Jesus uh, was diagnosed as having leprosy. <laughs> I couldn't find that. Could you? Do you see that in there? No, I, I don't see that. But it said immediately that guy's leprosy was cleansed. 
Let's look at another scripture, Luke chapter 8, verses 43 through 48. See, there are a lot of Christians that have been going to church for a very, very, very long time. And I would ask the question and God would ask the question, what have you been doing it for? We've had the word just laid out on us all over this country. He would ask, why have you been doing that? If you're not going to do what I said, what you been doing it for? If over the years that is not being what has been building you up for a time such as this, what have you been doing it for? Just to keep notes? I mean, if I were the Lord, I'd be asking these people that question right now. Where are you? Hello? I mean, uh, come on now. Walk with me. In, in Matthew, excuse me, Luke chapter 8 from verse 43. And a woman having an issue of blood 12 years, which has spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him and touched the border of his garment and immediately her issue of blood staunched. And Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, like Jesus, you got to be crazy, you know. The multitude throng you, and everybody's pressing on you. And how are you going to say, who touched me? He's like, Jesus, you, 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 you're a little slow here. You don't, you don't understand. You know, all these people have been bumping up against you, and you're going to say, who touched me? Jesus said, Somebody has touched me, for I perceive that virtue is gone or life is gone out of me. See, he's so sensitive to that life that when somebody came to draw on that life. See, and that woman had a purpose. She didn't just kind of bump on him. She said, if I touch the him, I'll be made whole. And so her doing that drew life out of him. And he, no, he, no, somebody just bumped me. He knew that somebody came and made a demand on that life that was on the inside of him. Now, check out. This is a woman, another one, according to the law, shouldn't have been anywhere near him, shouldn't have been in public, shouldn't have been nowhere in the crowd. Took her own life on her hands to do that. Came and touched the him. She said, if I, if I do this, I'll be made whole. Well, Jesus recognized that virtue or life came out of him. So the works that he did were an outflow of that life. What we have to become more conscious of is the fact that life is inside of us. Not death, not fear. Because when we were born again, every one of us in our spirit being, we became one with that life. Our issue is, is not being more conscious of that. And allowing fear to govern our lives more so than faith and love. But that life is in us. It's in us and it's capable of doing anything that Jesus himself did. Because it's the same life of God. Amen. Amen. So now Jesus came, John 10, 10. Once again, Jesus said, I am come that you might have life to the full until it overflows. That's why he came. Amen. All right. Now, so what would be our part in this life? Let's look at John 14 and then we'll go to John 7. Bear with me in going through all these scriptures here. 
John 14, verse 12. Jesus said, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say to you, he that believes on me, the works, here's that word works again, that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. Okay. Now, how many of you read that scripture before? How many of you online read that scripture before? Okay. Let, let's make a, a decision to internalize that and take what Jesus said as applicable to ourselves. Right? Let's just make a decision. Don't try and figure out in your mind how it's going to work, how it's going to happen. Let's just do the first thing to embrace that word and let it be something that remains, you know, not on, not, that's not on the out, outer fringes of our consciousness, but let's, let's draw that word into us and embrace it and think about the fact that Jesus said this to whoever believed on him. That the works that he did, and we just looked at a couple of them, right? That he did, we would do also, and even greater than he did, we would do because he went to the Father. Okay, now think about it. Y'all are getting the message here. Y'all got to get it there too. We're not going to do that if we don't have contact with people. Okay, I'm, 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 I know I'm being redundant. But I'm making a point. Christianity makes contact with people. And so listen to me, listen to me. If someone's telling you you can't make contact, do you think that comes from God? That's all I want to know. <laughs> That's all I want to know. Jesus touched people. The apostles touched people. People touched the apostles. Christians are here to touch people. I say, hell, you rebellious. Okay, what you say? <laughs> I'm going to tell you what the gospel says. That's the most important thing. See, Christians are going to have to realize that we're in a conflict and it's getting more serious as every day goes by. It's a conflict with light and darkness. It's not a conflict of Democrats versus Republicans. It's not where the conflict is. It's light versus darkness, life versus death, the kingdom of God versus the domain of darkness. And folks, very clear lines are being drawn right now. For somebody to come up and tell you, you can't be a Christian, you can't touch other people. I would say it's demonic. But the virus, yo, wait, wait, hold on. But, 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 butts between your back and your thighs. Settle it, okay? It's it. <laughs> it's done, okay? That's the but. Okay, we got that out of the way. <laughs> there, ain't, there are no ifs, ands, or buts where this is concerned. The church got to rise up. We have to touch people. I am finding out and going out and all these these weeks that this thing has been going on that people want contact. 
And I'm going to tell you one of the reasons why the enemy has done this. And you better listen to me carefully. This is a setup for time to come. But what's going on right now is there's an aura, there's an atmosphere being created between men and women, boys, girls, men, men, women, women, where people are being set up to distrust one another. I'm telling you, that's what's going on right now. I was in the store yesterday and I was, you know, I was at the, going to get some orange juice and some butter. And this lady came up and she saw us there and she. <laughs> and I thought, hey, lady, come on over here. I ain't going to hurt you. I ain't got you ain't going to catch none from me. And so she was, you know. And then I, I, I stood there and she said, well, I need some butter. So for her sake, I just took a step away. I said, come get your butter. But see, this is what's going on. In the parking lot, people going way around other people. I'm just, I'm laughing. I'm just laughing. I'm thinking, I'm laughing because in one sense it's funny, but I'm, I'm laughing also because I'm so angry at what the enemy is being allowed to do. And I see the setup. The next thing, and it's already happening in small deals, but the next thing, and Jesus already said it, and one of the signs in the final days is that men will betray one another. People in their own families will betray one another. One another. Jesus said that in a lot of times. So I'm thinking in my mind, if, if I'm in the body of Christ, I should be fighting that. Because if somebody is going to be able to receive what I say, they're going to have to be able to trust me to a degree. And not be afraid that if they get close to me, they're going to catch something. You follow me? And not only that, but we listen, every one of us is a social being. Men and women are social. And most people want and need contact. So if you see what's going on, you can understand that the enemy is setting people up. To be separated, he's trying to separate the church. Separate the people of God and separate a nation of people and keep folks from contacting one another and becoming fearful of one another and not trusting one another. Amen, somebody. So me, I'm going to fight. You know what? When what I found out is that people, when I go up to hug them, they want to be hugged. They still want to be embraced. And even I go in places where they supposedly are not supposed to do it, they will still do it. That tells you something about what's on our insides. We need contact. We have to have it. And so for there to be things that come out into the airwaves that tell us not to, come on. All I'm asking you to do once again is think, where is it coming from? What's the source of it? You with me here? Y'all with me? All right. We're in a global conflict of life versus death and light versus darkness. From what I see in the scriptures, and we'll see as we go to Ephesians 5, the scripture tells us, that we're to expose the darkness. That's what I'm doing right now. That's what we're doing together right now. Is exposing the darkness. And to expose the darkness, 
You cannot love your life more than you love God. You'll end up losing it. But if you will love God and your commitment to him and stand for him, you'll find your life. He'll keep you. Folks, there are people that are compromising it right now. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. The next phase of this thing is not going to be any easier. You hear me? So you're going to have to have your decisions made. If your decisions are already made, you're going to be all right. Hallelujah. Ephesians 5 from verse 8. For you were sometimes darkness, but now are you light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove or expose them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. So if the light doesn't shine on it, it can't be seen to be darkness. Did you hear me? If ain't no light shining on stuff, can't nobody see that it's dark. Let me say it again. If, if you, the light's not shining on it, there are people that are not going to be able to see that it's dark. So if the light hides and stays away from the darkness, how are people going to know that what's dark is dark unless light comes and shines on it? <laughs> oh, my God. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light, for whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore, he said, awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. He said, or buying out or making the most of the time. Why? Because the days are evil. Are they evil? Yeah, buddy, they're evil. <laughs> so he said, make the most of it. And as, make, as a believer, making the most of it, is doing everything we can to put light out there so that people can see it. Amen? Hopefully. Then he went on and said, he said, Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is, and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess or dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Here's what he tells us to do. Speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. So while you on that line in the grocery store and you got all these gray lines set up and you're up here and somebody six feet back starts singing a song. The Lord is my light, my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I be afraid? Just start singing. Break stuff down. Break it down. Break that distance down. Because you know what? If somebody behind you in fear, their ears going to hear what you're saying. And on the inside of you, they're going to be, they want freedom. People want freedom. And I'm, I'm, all the conversations I'm having with people, it's, it's just crazy. People want freedom. They want to be free. They don't want this foolishness. Somebody 
has got to be light going about in all these different places. Wherever you go, you're going to have to shine. Amen. Verse 20, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Slide right quick with me over to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew 5. You got a neighbor, look at him and say, don't be scared. If you're home somebody around you, don't tell them, don't be scared. If ain't nobody with you, look in the mirror and say, don't be scared. Matthew 5 from verse 14. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it gives light to all that are in the house. Let your light so shine from the insides of your four walls. While you watch TV and the news tell you about the virus and what you ain't pulled to do. And stay locked up, shrivel away, come to nothing. Oh, I did. Jesus didn't say that, did he? <laughs> My dad, bad preacher. He said, let your light so shine before men. <laughs> but he qualified that. Jesus said, but if there's coronavirus around, don't do it. He didn't say that. <laughs> he didn't say that. No qualification. He said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father who is in heaven. So they're not going to be able to glorify the father if they don't see your good works. Jesus said this. Nicholas Wright's name is not there as the author penned this. I'm just a messenger. <laughs> so I am is the messenger. And I got to deliver a true message. All right now. So. We are to make known every deception and false flag, sleight of hand, deceptive work of the enemy. You know what a false flag is, right? All right. See, one of the things that men have to become aware of and people in the church have to become aware of. First of all, that's the world out there. <laughs> and the world and the church are like oil and water. The world is the world and they are not your friend. The spirit of the world or the spirit of this age is not your friend. And I think sometimes we need to make ourselves aware of the fact that what's been set up is not of God. I don't think sometimes that, that may escape our thinking. We've got to recognize that. And so out there, there are going to be principles of death. There are going to be principles in government. There are going to be things that men and women do that have nothing to do with the kingdom of God. And so if we remain aware of that. Then we'll understand, OK, now I'm going out, I'm stepping out into darkness. I'm going to be combating some things. And I'm going to be coming up. I'm going to be facing a lot of stuff that is of this world system. 
And one of the things that the enemy does is that he does something right here to be a distraction from something he's doing over here. Boy, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to drop a bomb right now. And it has been this way ever since his beginning with man. He'll be. And over here working something else. But he's got people working at looking at looking at the show. And over he's working on something else. Unfortunately, when he's doing all this, there's some people that are dying. But not as many as you would think, because he's really got his mind on doing something else over here. Got to understand how he functions. So everybody's attention right now. Is on this virus. And people are not paying attention to the other stuff that's going on that's a setup for later on. This is very important. So he's got people looking at the virus. The virus. Wear your mask. Stay six feet away. But over here, he's working on something else. I was yesterday, I was, oh boy, this is going to go over big. While I was out, I had stopped to check mail. And where I went in this, in this parking lot, there were some, there were four people that were by his GameStop. Two guys, two girls. So I had some stuff in the car with me. I had some CDs. I said, you know, I'm going to go get in the middle of this crowd. So I went over there to talk to him. I said, you know what? I got some stuff that will help you all navigate through this coronavirus stuff. The two girls just took off. It was gone. They just, I said, where'd y'all go? <laughs> and so there were two guys. And one of them, went up, he went up against the building, leaned up against the building. One guy had some guts. He stayed there and talked to me. So the guy that was up against the building, he was like about, he was about where this line was. And I was about right here. And the other guy was here. So I started talking to him, and I started telling him some stuff. And I said, I wanted, I wanted to put something in your hand. He said, no, no, you know, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> okay. But this other guy, he took it, and I explained to him. I said, you know what? And I said, now, there's some stuff about this that everybody needs to understand. I said, it's not as dangerous as you think it is. I said, but then here, there's some people that will help you understand some of the stuff going on. And then I also had some of the messages that we had ministered over the course of what's been going on here. So anyway, I got back in the car. And by the time I got back in the car and I started to drive off, oh, the two ladies came, <laughs> came back. So what I did is I rolled a passenger window down. And I said, listen, guys, if you don't hear anything else that I said to you today, I want you to hear this. What's going on now is a setup for you to be vaccinated. I said, if you don't remember anything else, Hear that, and I said, I'm going to tell you this, that vaccination is not going to do you any good. It'll do you harm. Roll my window up, 
got on, went on about my business. But see, people, and I'm, I, I, got a, I have a thread going on right now with some guys that I play ball with and, and sharing some of these things. One of them happens to be in the medical profession. It's really interesting when the conversation goes on. But anyway, telling these cats, listen, you got to see what is being shown to you and you've got to see what's coming or plan later on down the line, or what's in the works. Because I'm telling you, step by step, the enemy is just saying, if there's any kind of warfare we're in right now, it is psychological. It's a warfare in the mind, and this is the area the enemy works in. Believers ought to be conscious of this. Some of them are not. They don't realize that this is, this is mental warfare right now. And you're being challenged in your mind. And the challenge that's coming against your mind is to throw down all the stuff that you really know is right from the word of God and accept something different because of being afraid. I know the amens may not be running all over the place today. They may not be flying through the airways where you are. I understand that. But we got to see the way the enemy operates and understand it. Cut him off. See, most people cannot see a whole picture. Listen to me carefully. Most people cannot see the big picture. They cannot see the whole picture. All they can see is what's in front of them right now and how it's affecting them right now. They cannot see a plan that the enemy has for later on down the line. Some people in the church can't even see the big picture where God is concerned and the plan that he has for the whole body of Christ because they're so wrapped up in their own personal lives. See, it takes something. It takes a decision to want to open up and see the big picture. And see, if you can see the big picture, you are, and this is why to me foundations are so important. Because if you can go back to the root, to the foundation of something, then you can see what springs out of it. Now, I know we're in America and everybody's got a right to have their own opinion about stuff. Some of you don't agree with my opinion. I mean, that's fine. It's America. It's wonderful. But I'm going to tell you what, if you will wake up in your own mind, to look at foundations and look to the to to the root of things and what really is causing stuff to happen. You'll figure out what's going on with no problem. No problem. Because there's always going to be a setup for the future, always. Whether it's the Lord or whether it's the enemy. That's how seeds work. You plant a seed because you want to grow something to eat later on. Hello. See, so we, we, people have to wake up. Now, we're supposed to be the ones who are so wise and we we should be studying. We should be praying and we should be listening to the Holy Spirit. And we should also. Have a sharp mind. Some right now are hearing stuff and they think they're hearing the Holy Ghost, but they're operating out of fear. Bottom line. Now. Mark 16, 15 through 20. 
if you and I know that something that's going on right now is false and there are people out there being led to the edge of a cliff to have to fall over it. And if you and I don't do something about rescuing them. Somebody blood going to be on your hands. We don't want that. I don't want that. Amen. So if I can figure out what's going on. And I have opportunity or by God's help, I make opportunity to talk to people. I need to tell them, listen, whether they want to hear it or not, whether they want to believe it or not. You know what, dude? This is what's going on. I was standing right in the middle of a grocery store yesterday too, telling somebody same thing. This is what's going on. You need to be aware of what's going on. Think. Okay. Mark 16, 15 through 20. Look at what Jesus said here. He said to them, go ye into all the world, all the cosmos, all the system, and preach the gospel to every creature. I'm being redundant, but look at the word go. Do you spell go S-T-A-Y? <laughs> I'm just asking a question. Do you spell go S-I-T? Do you spell go F-E-A-R? Do you spell go C-O-O, C-O-R-O-N-A? Do you spell go V-I-R-U-S? I'm just asking a question. All I'm doing is asking questions, guys. That's all I'm asking. Jesus said, go into all the cosmos and preach the gospel to every creature. Somebody said, well, I'll just pay and send somebody. Not if you can get out. If you've got legs and feet, you got to you got to contact somebody. He said, he that believes on me and is immersed shall be saved. He that believes not shall be condemned. And these signs shall accompany them that believe. Now, somebody said, I want the signs. Well, for the signs to happen, you got to go. Because these are the signs that will accompany those who believe and the ones who believe are the ones who are going. If you believe, you'll go. If you don't believe, you'll sit. But you want revival and outpouring. It's not going to happen that way. Christian people have to make contact with other people. We have to go. We can't stay in the church and just pray for revival and outpouring. It's not going to happen. Because that outpouring is meant for the people in darkness, not people in the church. The revival is for the people in the church. And this is what we're talking about right now as part of the revival. The church coming back to life and consciousness of why they're here. I know it's strong. It's got to be. Has to be. So he said, these signs will accompany those that believe in my name. They'll cast out devils. They'll speak with. New tongues. They'll take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall oh, 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 lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached 
Ooh, everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. See, confirming the word. Listen to me carefully. The word has got to precede the signs and the wonders. They're not going to just happen. We're going to have to put something out there. Glory to God. We must both speak words of life and we must do everything we can to eat right, drink right, and detoxify our bodies. There are many people that don't think that this part of it is important. It's very important. This is a part of the whole issue right now. Jesus said in John 6, 63, that the words I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. So the way that he did stuff, he put the word of life out, didn't he? All right. He said, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. All right. Now, in Second Corinthians four, verses 11 and 12, one of the things that Paul said there, he said that life is we, we did what we're doing so that life could be at work in you. So now here's a couple of things that are important to, for us to do. Number one, I should be making a declaration and a confession every day that life is at work in me. Life is flowing out of me. Remember what Jesus said in John 7? Maybe you don't. Turn it with me. <laughs> Let's look at what Jesus said. John 7 from verse 37 to verse 39. In that day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. He that believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly or out of his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the spirit, which they that believe in him should receive for the Holy Spirit was not yet given. Well, the Holy Spirit has been given because Jesus has been glorified. Right. He's in us now. So he says that out of our innermost being will flow rivers of living water. So that should be a part of what I embrace in my declaration every day. Life is in me. Life is flowing out of me. There are rivers of life giving water coming out of me, flowing out. Life is at work in me. Life is flowing out of me. See, this life has everything to do with what God can do in and through us as we go out and touch other people's lives. That those rivers of living water are different than that well of water, he said in John 4, would be springing up into everlasting life. That well is for you and I to drink of for ourselves. But them rivers are for other people. And for them to come out of us, we got to make contact with people. Christianity makes contact with people. There are other things that we need to do in the natural. We need to drink water. We need to get out into the sunshine. We need to stop eating the trash that we've been eating. Because it's going to catch up with you. And the way things are designed today, it's not just food. There's stuff in the food that ain't food and it's going to mess you up. It's very, very important. It's important. Your immune system is one of the things you should take care of more right now than anything else that you've got going on. You need to make sure in Jesus name 
that it is strong. Do I need to change this? All right. Got you. All right. So we must both speak words of life and we must do everything that we can to eat right, drink right and detoxify our bodies. Drink water, exercise, get out in the sun. Got to do it, whether you feel like it or not. Because if you don't, what is the negativity that is in the stuff is going to eat you up, swallow you up. You won't have energy, any energy. You won't be flowing in life and you'll hide in the house. Some people don't think what you eat and drink has anything to do with what's going on right now. It's just the anointing, the anointing, the anointing. <laughs> it's more than just the anointing, the anointing, the anointing. Your body's got to be able to handle stuff. Listen to me. Listen carefully. I've been, I've been looking at this stuff for years. I thought about there's a guy. Any of you heard of John G. Lake? You heard of some of the stuff that he did that happened in his life? During the times he was a missionary over in Africa? I mean, it's the cat that when he would stick his hands and stuff that's supposed to kill you, that whatever it is would die. Now, this cat walked in some supernatural stuff, but you know what? He had a stroke and died because of the effects of a stroke. See, somehow in the church, in the body of Christ, we miss the connection And the balance that there has to be of the supernatural and what we are responsible for. There are men and women of God that have walked in power, but died of some sickness and disease because they didn't take care of their bodies. So we're going to have to do both. You can't on one hand believe I'm anointed and powerful of God, and then you're going to eat most of your food is going to be junk food. It's not going to work. You're not going to be eating the high fructose corn syrup. You're not going to be consuming the sugar. I mean, just en masse. You can't be eating out all that food, restaurant food, continually and constantly. And not expect stuff to happen in your body that's negative. And one of the major things that's happening now is people are having their energy just sucked away out of them. It's amazing. Most people have no energy. There's a reason why. You don't get no sunlight. If you eat bad, drink bad, you're not going to have it. You're going to be toxic. And if you're toxic, you're not going to have energy. If you don't get light, you're not going to have energy. Light, light brings energy, life. You've got to have it. And there's got to be life in the, in the food that you eat. There's got to be life in it. If there's no life in it, how are you going to get life out? Of, how are you going to draw life out of the food that you eat if there's no life in it? Come on, tell me. Maybe I don't know. Tell me something. Help me. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> help me. Somebody help me. I'm just trying to look out for you. Because these are the times, guys, I'm telling these times right now, I'm being redundant. I'm saying the thing, same thing over and over again. I know it. I know it. I know it. But this is part of the setup. Part of the setup is for you to eat all the junk that's got all the junk in it. 
So you have no life, you have no energy, and then forces around you can be come against you to make it even worse. See, I told you, we have to learn to see the big picture. If you don't see the big picture, you're not going to get it. You're going to stay right here with what the news is telling you, and they're going to keep feeding you trash because that's what they paid and designed to do. So your mind's going to get trashed, your body's getting trashed, what are you going to expect? Just <laughs> trash in, <laughs> trash consumed, trash manifested. Issues that need to be resolved in the church in America and in the lives of American people in general right now. Folks, everybody's got to read, got to search things out. Stop letting the television shape your vision. Has to happen. Somebody say, you don't like television? I'm just saying what you need to do. You got to realize, remember, roots, foundations. Go back to why certain things are like they are. It's people are being shaped, paid to shape your thinking. And if you consume that more than you do the truth, you're going to have problems in what you believe. You're going to believe one thing, and God's trying to get you to believe something else. You're going to believe you need to stay locked up in your house, and God said, go. I'm not going to be nice about it. I know it sounds strong. It's got to happen now with the church. When, when, when August or September rolls around, some of you are going to wish that you listened to what God was saying. You're going to have a space here to get some stuff right. Get it right. Get it right. I'm not standing up here being unpopular because I feel like being that way. <laughs> get it right now. 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 Right now. Make your changes now. If you're feeding on garbage up here, get it out the way now. Start looking at the truth, first of all, and then find some people that are telling you the truth about what's going on out here. And on that TV dial is very little of it. So I said, oh, all yourself. That's why your mind is flowing the way it is right now. If you stay with it, you'll never get out of the house. You'll stay on lockdown. You'll keep yourself on lockdown. You won't talk to anybody. You won't touch anybody. And you'll tell other people to do the same thing because it's wisdom. <laughs> In Jesus' name. So, critical thinking must be restored among the people. Train yourself to look for the foundation of things. Reject being a part of the herd and its mentality. See, what Satan has been working on for a long time is getting people in a herd just like cows and have everybody thinking the same thing and going just like them pigs that Jesus dealt with. And they run down that steep right into the water, right or all of them running together. So that's what he's been working on. 
And you know what? I, I, I really believe he thinks he's got mankind and the people in this nation to the point where he wants them. Fear thinking. Walking around. God. I said I laugh and sometimes I want to cry because I'm angry. People walking around wearing all these masks. Not knowing that most of them can't even get harmed. <laughs> but they're scared. Scared. When I talk to people, I'll tell you, listen, don't be scared. If anything, fear will track stuff to you. Don't be scared. Fear not. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. No, I'm not talking about some of y'all might have to wear this stuff to keep your jobs and all that kind of stuff. I ain't talking about that. I'm talking about folks walking around the street. You got a choice. I want to finish today. These words to this song keep coming back to mind. And I want to read some of them to you. Beginning two lines in this church, in this, in this song. In a church by the face, he talks about the people going under. Only child, no. A man decides after 70 years that what he goes there for is to unlock the door. You know what I see there? I see a man of God that's been going to his church, opening up the door, opening up for people to come in, share the word of God with them, tell them what's going on with the people, why folks are going under. And you know what happens? He said, you know what happens? They sit around and criticize and sleep. So he said, all I'm doing is going there and unlock the door. Boy, that's strong. But that's what I hear. That's what so many people, and if you're out there, don't be offended. You hear this? Just change if that's you. Don't sit around and don't sit and criticize me because I'm trying to tell people the truth and help you see what's going on. Don't ask, why are you doing that? You know why Pastor Nick talking like that? He just supposed to preach the word. That's what I'm doing. So don't let that get on you. Some of you staying sleeping won't get up and come to church. But you need to. You need to. I don't care what anybody else says. God said don't forsake the assembly. I don't care what they say. God said. And the church is the place where if people got issues with what's going on, they need to be able to come, find truth, get help, healing if they need it, get food, whatever they need. But they need to get the truth more than anything else. And they need fellowship with other believers. And you can't fellowship through the wires. It's a one-way street. If you have to have it because you can't do anything else is one thing. But if you're able body and you can move, you need to move. Thank you, Lord. 
In a world full of people, only some want to fly. Isn't it crazy? In a sky full of people, only some want to fly. Isn't it crazy? In a heaven of people, only some want to fly. Isn't it crazy? I like I hear the father talking like that. I got people on this earth and in this nation that have life inside of them. And I can't find but a handful of people that want to fly. I can't find but a handful of preachers that will stand up and jeopardize themselves and put themselves in harm's way. Some people look at Rodney Howard Brown and think he was crazy. The message is sent. And I'm going to tell you what, the forces of darkness, they hear and they see and they know and understand. They are understanding right now who's going to stand and who's not going to stand. Whom they're going to have to eventually go around and avoid and who's going to be fodder for their cannon. It's reckoning time. It's reckoning time. No, we're never going to survive unless we get a little crazy. <laughs> no, we're never going to survive unless we get a little crazy. So let's get a little crazy. Crazy, devoted, fanatic about Jesus and the kingdom of God. And let's get rid of this demonic wisdom that we're calling the wisdom of God. This earthly, sensual, and demonic that's keeping locked, people locked up in fear. And let's get out and do what God said. If I have a church, some believers say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If we are the light, why is the world so dark? If we are the light, why, oh, why does the world keep falling apart? If we are the light, why is the world so dark? We're the light. Look across the room. If you're at home with somebody. And just say, you're the light of the world. Tell somebody. You are a city set on a hill. Cannot be hid. So let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father who's in heaven. Tell somebody else you have life in you. You have God's life in you. You have life in you. It's overcoming life. It's life that death cannot do anything with. But get out of the way of it. It's the same kind of life that was in Jesus when he laid hands, when he touched the leper. It's the same kind of life that flowed out of him when the woman that had the issue of blood touched his garment. The same life is in you. But you and I, we, us, We'll have to make contact with other people for that life to flow like God meant for it to flow.
In Jesus' name, play your part. Fear not. Fear not. No evil shall befall you, neither shall any plague come near your dwelling. In Jesus' name. 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 Father, thank you for helping us today. Thank you for lighting us up today. Thank you for lighting the church up all across this land today. Thank you for the light. Thank you for boldness, just like the apostles prayed in their situation and asked for. They asked for boldness. So we ask for boldness today in the name of Jesus, that signs and wonders may be done by the name of your holy child, Jesus Christ. We ask for that boldness. And as we arise from here and go out into the world, into the darkness that's around, we shine as lights and we go out boldly in any situation that needs our attention for the sake of the kingdom of God. We say that we're ready. We say that we're on call in Jesus name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. Peace to you. Thank you for putting up with me today. Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. We want to thank you for listening to today's message. For additional messages and as a way for Pastor Nick to bless you with vital information, downloads, and gifts, please visit our website at myclcc.com. We invite you to join us again next week for The Word with Pastor Nick.